This podcast is brought to you by our partners, Friends of Keji. First, we would like to acknowledge that the podcast and interviews take place in Jabuktuk, which is currently known as Halifax. We are in Mi'kma'ki, the unceded and unsurrendered territory of the Mi'kmaq people. These lands are covered by the Peace and Friendship Treaties, which set rules for ongoing nation-to-nation relationships. Nova Scotia has deep indigenous roots, and we understand that the stories we tell are often born from colonialism. Eurocentric thinking influences our day-to-day lives, and we need to be conscious of how we explore these lands, and remember that the Mi'kmaq were the first people here. Before we start, take a moment to check in with yourself. Notice any tension you're holding in your body. Notice any anxious thoughts creeping around the edge of your mind. Notice any emotions you're feeling but not fully aware of. How are you doing? It's okay if you're not feeling 100%. After all, it's August 2020, and we're in the middle of a pandemic. We're all just doing our best. But for this episode, we want you to look inward and reflect on how you're doing. We're going to be exploring how spending time outside can be a source of peace and grounding, something we could all use right now. Take a deep breath, and let's listen. Welcome to Thinking Outside, the Learn to Camp podcast. Hello, bonjour, Gwe. I'm Soph. And I'm Alex. We work with Parks Canada's Halifax Learn to Camp team. As a Parks Canada program, we hope to act as guides and storytellers in the outdoor world and share our natural and cultural heritage with people through camping. Normally, we spend our summers taking people to places like Kejimakujik National Park and National Historic Site and teaching them the basics of camping. We want to get new Canadians and young families camping on their own and connecting with the world around them. Usually, we spend our summers sharing stories, memories, and lessons in person. But because of the COVID-19 pandemic, we've moved online to this new podcast. In this episode, we're diving into the relationship between our mental well-being and the outdoors. Mental health is more than just the absence of illness. It's a part of our everyday well-being. And while some people are more comfortable outside than others, we all can learn more about ourselves and find some mental peace when we spend time outside. And the more you immerse yourself in nature, the more you stand to benefit. That's one way camping stands out. It offers you time to reflect and recharge and fully take in the outdoors. And there's a lot to be proud of when you spend your first night sleeping in a tent. Jan Lapierre, Alexi Rodriguez, and Mira Dietz-Chiasson have all learned the value of creating and redefining their connections with the outdoors. Just as much as we affect nature, nature affects us, and their stories are a testament to that. Jan Lapierre is an outdoorsy guy, and despite traveling around the world, his favorite place is still his home province of Nova Scotia. I've said this before, like I'm such a proud East Coaster, but I think when you look at a place like Nova Scotia, it really is truly unique and on that world-class scale. And I wouldn't say that if I hadn't traveled it so broadly and deeply. Jan didn't always feel this way. He grew up just outside of Halifax, with a lake and ocean practically in his backyard. 
But once he graduated high school, he couldn't wait to get out of the Maritimes. Like everybody else, like when I was 18 and I moved out of Nova Scotia in a way, I couldn't care less. And it's not until you leave sometimes that you can appreciate the beauty of what you like. Jan spent his early 20s traveling and working in various countries around the world. That's when he first noticed how nature helps people open up. I'm leading this kayaking trip across this place in New Zealand, and I was talking to the person next to me, and I said, how you doing? And, and out of nowhere, this guy kind of looks at me, and he's like an older fellow from the UK, and he says, well, you know, I'm, I'm going through a divorce right now. And uh, I, left my, uh, I left my wife and kids, and I've been taking this trip to do this, uh, you know, some soul searching, and, and here I am on the other side of the world. And there's just something about that that was funny that he would share that now. Jan discovered that people use the outdoors to deal with life's different problems. It's what inspired him to become a recreation therapist. Working with kids and families, he noticed a pattern. People feel more comfortable talking outside with nature around than in a traditional office. Uh, yeah. Like, what is it about the fact that we're out here in these beautiful places that just encourage people to want to talk? And that, that's really the foundation of why I thought recreation therapy was such an important thing. Jan knew about the relationship between nature, mental health, and well-being. But he was concerned that not enough people were getting outside to benefit from it, especially the younger generations. So he decided to do something about it. You know, it's, it's a bizarre thing in this day and age, specifically with so much information overload for people. Uh, whether that be through Instagram or TikTok or whatever else, that the rates of people actually spending time in the outdoors. Now, this might change because of all the things going on with COVID and just hopefully a priority shift in society. But rates of people spending time in the outdoors has gone down, and it's gone down significantly. Uh, but the place that, that scares me the most about that is it's gone down the most for people under the age of 40. So you would think that there'd be a greater connection to nature um, and specifically now with so much fear around climate change and things that, you know, you would hope that it would motivate people to want to protect and learn more about Mother Earth. Uh, but in most cases, we've seen the opposite. And so A for Adventure was born. With his co-founder, Chris Surrett, the two of them promote getting outside in creative ways, including partnering with Parks Canada on Learn to Camp events. These events are another place where Jan has seen nature help people deal with trauma. One particular Learn to Camp event sticks out in his mind. Let's go back a couple of years. 2015 or 16, I don't know which. Um, we ran a Learn to Camp at Kejimikujik National Park. And the majority of the population of people who came to attend the camp were Syrian refugees who had been in Canada less than six months. So, you know, there was not much of a understanding from the point of view of the participant of what a national park even is. And, you know, we're bringing people together, a lot of uncertainty. And like I was telling, talking about yesterday, we, you know, we do our best to make people comfortable, to make them feel safe uh, and create a, a situation where people feel like they can grow and learn together. And the program on that particular weekend went really well. It was going great. Now, flash forward to the next day. It's next morning. You know, it's Sunday morning, and all the kids are kind of tearing around and having a good time. And I got 
in a conversation with uh, a man named Muhammad, and he had three kids there with him. Now, what I learned by talking to Muhammad was that he had come to Canada. Now, he barely speaks English at all, so you know this is a pretty slow-going conversation, and one needing an interpreter and stuff. But part of his trauma and his lived experience was that he had three kids with him there. Before Canada, he had had five children, and two of them didn't make it through the Civil War. So we're standing there, and I'm talking to him, and in that moment, I notice that this wave of panic comes across his face. Like, a, a devastating look of panic on his face. And I'm sort of surprised because I thought we're having a kind of a nice conversation. And I noticed that he's looking over his shoulder, he's looking around, he's looking past me. And I don't know, maybe I, I said something to offend him. I don't know. And so I asked, I said, Muhammad, is everything okay? And he looks over and he sees his little boy. And his little boy is playing like any little kid would under a tree, picking up leaves and throwing them around. And I said, is everything all right? And he looked at me and he said, you don't understand this is the, the first time I've ever watched my kids play safely. And it's within that, that A, it recognizes the immense privilege that we live in, but also how important the work is because here's someone who's been through such unbelievable, you know, relative to my experience, something that I just cannot fathom. And here this guy is, trying to work through all that in, uh, again, a safe space, in a safe place, surrounded by safe people. So, you know, it's, it's instances like that that definitely motivate me to do this work. And it also challenges us to do that work because we realize how much there is yet to be done. So it's just an honor to be able to do this, but it does often sometimes fill me with a little bit of anxiety around just how much more needs to be done because Muhammad's just one person. If we look the world over, there's so many stories like that. The more people who find some healing in nature, the better. That's why Jan does what he does. We've seen that kind of healing too. On our camping trips, people open up, they tell their stories, and allow themselves to be vulnerable together. It's such a natural thing, you know, and I'm sure all of you have experienced it, where you sit down around that campfire talking about things that don't matter, and you start talking about things that really matter. Not only is the outdoors a place to share stories and make memories, but it's also a place where people can learn valuable lessons about nature and themselves. kind of just here along for the ride. We're never gonna outpower Mother Nature. If it's me versus the river, I've got to learn to go with the river and not, not against it. That's Alexi Rodriguez. As an avid kayaker in Nova Scotia, he has taken his passion and created a program to teach people paddling skills. As someone who's worked hard to get people outside, Alexi understands how empowering nature can be. And I just started the Different Strokes Paddle Program here in HRM, providing free paddle instruction to people of color. Different Strokes is a program that Alexi wanted to start since he got into paddling himself. So I love it. That's like my favorite is just seeing somebody experience kayaking for the first time. 
Teaching someone a new skill is empowering. It can change lives. By recognizing and bridging the gap and helping others to get out on the water, Alexi is working to make the outdoors more accessible so that more people can use it as a place to learn, reflect, and grow. I'm just starting with free paddling lessons for people of color because that's something I can directly affect right now with the resources I have at hand. But, you know, as this thing gets bigger, I really do hope to, yeah, to further my reach and continue to provide exposure to folks that might not have that exposure in the first place. No matter where you are in Nova Scotia, you're never more than an hour away from the ocean. Lakes and rivers are even more accessible here. And there's a huge opportunity to use these resources as a way to build community. And there's something special about kayaking. That's also an empowering thing that carries through in the, into uh, the rest of life is propelling yourself forward. And again, it's, you know, we only have control over ourselves. So, you're, you know, your kayak's only going to go where you're going to propel yourself. And if, if you go with nature and, and go with the flow, then, um, you know, that can be an amazing experience. And if you don't and you try to uh, to combat it, you're going to lose every time. Alexi also understands the fear that can be involved in kayaking. He's gone as far as plunging down a waterfall, but he's discovered that it's worth the risk. And I thought it was just going to be this insane experience. And it was, but, I, you know, I, I just thought it was basically me kind of hurling off into the abyss a life or death situation and it didn't end up being the case. I had other paddlers there that kind of helped coach me and get my confidence up the first time I went over and it was, you know, it was a very forgiving environment, very deep pool. But it's still, you know, you're paddling towards something you can see that it's just air on the other side of the drop and you're thinking, oh, you know, am I really going to do this? Am I going to get caught on a rock? Is something bad going to happen? And uh, that first drop, just the adrenaline It was amazing, but then the just the empowerment of, you know, landing in like what felt like a cloud of water and, and kind of popping back up like a cork. It didn't even feel like I got wet. It was, felt like I was landing on clouds and just popping up and knowing that I was okay. It was just such a relief as well as just such a proud moment for myself. Um, I had to go back and do it like two more times. <laughs> you don't have to ride a kayak down a waterfall to conquer your fears. It's just about trying something new whatever is new for you. If you've never been kayaking before, your first paddle is an accomplishment. For Alexi, the outdoors and getting on the water is more than just an afternoon of fun. It's healing, and it offers time to reflect on the world around him. Relief, freedom, like I feel like I have so much more control in the water than I even do like on my own two feet sometimes. Being in nature offers him a way to cope with problems and keeps him grounded which can be challenging at times. I definitely use the outdoors as a coping mechanism. And even as, say, as far as medication goes, it's, yeah, a solid way to uh, focus on something productive as well as get out your frustrations or any kind of energy that you need to get rid of and, yeah, experience something in a, in a really special way, like whether it's going for a hike or a bike or a paddle. Like. With all the work that Alexi has done, it's hard to believe that this program almost never happened. I didn't really grow up doing these kind of outdoorsy things. I grew up here in the city. Once I did find this kind of avenue and realized how much it helped me just as a person and deal with stress and frustrations, 
as well as stay healthy and even potentially make a living, it did a lot for me. And I recognized right away that it could do a lot for a lot of other people. But I also recognized that like many other parts of our society, it's a very white space. Um, I went to a two-year outdoor adventure program at Algonquin College in Pembroke, Ontario. And I was one of three or four people of color in a class of over 40. But he wouldn't have taken that program if it weren't for one person in his life. Honestly, my mom. I never really considered going to college. I didn't have a great time in school here. And, you know, I was up to no good a lot of the time growing up. I dropped out of high school for a few years. I went back and finished it and um, was in the workforce for a couple of years after that. And my mom just kind of showed me a similar program online. Thanks to his mom, he was encouraged to try something outside the box. While he wouldn't change much about his life, if he would offer some advice to his younger self, it would be... You know, looking back, with hindsight, I would encourage myself to get outside more and to try and experience some of these things that I'm into now at an earlier age. Like, since I've engaged in these activities, I've, you know, thought back plenty of times and said, if I would have been doing this stuff at 12 years old, I probably would have gotten in a lot less trouble. While Alexi only started Different Strokes Paddle Program this March, his program has been in high demand since then, and he hopes to expand it in the near future. My struggles with addiction and with the justice system here in Nova Scotia, I think that that inspires me to give back to folks that are dealing with the same things. And I'd love to work with youth at risk and, and, you know, in group homes and juvenile detention centers, as well as adults. What started out as a personal hobby has turned into a province-wide project dedicated to bringing people together and making the outdoors a place for everybody. But not everyone is actually comfortable in the outdoors, let alone comfortable camping in the woods. Even for a Parks Canada interpreter, being comfortable in the outdoors doesn't always come right away. It takes time and experience. For Mira, this was a 10-day outdoor leadership course, which walked her through the basics of outdoor survival. And that's where her journey had a breakthrough. Yeah, just taking that course really gave me like a whole lot of confidence. Like I knew I could build a fire pretty much no matter what. I knew I could make a shelter even if I didn't have a tent. So that really gave me the confidence to start heading out on my own and feeling, feeling okay with that. Mira Dietz-Chiasson is an interpreter at Kushpugwak National Park spending her summers leading people on canoe trips and sharing the beauty and history of the park. She's been camping for as long as she can remember and comes from a family that loves to go camping. I do remember learning how to set up a camp and like when you uh, snap the poles together, that was my favorite part. And my sister and I always used to fight over the poles of the tent. For Mira, spending time outside is a way to recharge and deal with the chaos of life. We lived in kind of like a a really small community in northeastern New Brunswick, and we lived in the woods by a river. And probably like the earliest I can remember, whenever I felt upset, the river always made me feel better. And I'd just go go there and like sit there by the river and by the trees. And it would just kind of be like my own like personal time to just like reflect. But even for someone who spent so much time in the woods, it wasn't until Mira was in university that she felt comfortable camping alone. After my third year at university, so I went to Acadia University in, in the Annapolis Valley, and uh, 
I took a course there. Uh, it was an outdoor leadership course. Um, and it had a component where um, we spent 10 days in the woods in kind of uh, late April. And we learned like self-sufficiency skills, um, like building fires, building shelters. Um, and a huge component of that was um, navigation, the outdoors, a map and compass, and also GPS. And acquiring those skills definitely gave me the confidence to, to feel like I could go camp on my own. At times, being outside and camping can bring uncertainty, but it's the ability to be comfortable in the uncomfortable that can be so empowering. This confidence doesn't come overnight, though. You can start small to become more confident and develop a sense of self in the outdoors. What happens if it's only you, if you don't have another person to rely on? And yeah, just taking that course really gave me like a whole lot of confidence. Like I knew I could build a fire pretty much no matter what. I knew I could make a shelter even if I didn't have a tent. Mira felt drawn to the outdoors since a young age, and this connection pushed her to find a job that would let her share that passion. I guess nature has been like probably the most important part of my life in many ways. Um, and so I couldn't not go into a job where it was about like sharing that with other people. Not everyone has had the chance to connect with the outdoors the way Mira did growing up. Some of the work that she does at Kushpugwak National Park addresses this and works to connect people who may be stuck in the city. The Voyager Canoe Program. So that's a program I had the pleasure of leading the Voyager Canoe last year. It's a program where fairly early in the morning we meet at, at a wharf in Sandwi and um, we take visitors on a trip um, out the mouth of the river across the lagoon to these beautiful sweeping barrier islands, these sand dunes that we have at the park. A lot of families with kids came on that, that canoe paddle. Um, it's an excursion to go see a colony of gray seals, and you also paddle past a uh, colony of common terns. And uh, the best reactions were definitely the kids in the canoe who maybe be kind of tired of paddling or like getting a little bit bored, and we'd get to the area where the seals hang out. And uh, a kid would spot a head in the water and they would just, they'd just lose it. They'd get so excited. It's a seal, it's a seal. And then they'd be like, yeah, we're probably gonna see many, many more. And then just getting to the beach. And um, sometimes when you were lucky, the seals would be all kind of like resting on a sandbank. And uh, we'd view them from a distance with our binoculars. And just hearing, um, so gray seals, they, when they're on the sand, they'll howl. And it sounds really strange and eerie. It'll be kind of like, ooh. And there'll be hundreds of them just making that sound. And just having the kids just like, their eyes just getting like huge and being like, they make that sound? And just getting so excited to see the seals. Um, that's probably the best reactions. It's not just the kids that have an amazing experience. Getting out on the water offers a time for people to disconnect from their hectic lives and recenter themselves. Sometimes they'll just tell us directly, like, this is amazing. I come from this city. Um, I feel so peaceful here. Things like that. An adventure like that is sometimes all it takes to spark a new connection with nature. And finding time to get outside can help our mental health. Maybe you aren't an adventurer, but you too can benefit from the outdoors. Even starting to get outside through a Learn to Camp weekend can help. Taking the time to try new things is important. It's often only when we leave our comfort zone that we can discover amazing new passions 
and new ways to cope with problems. Not only has Mira developed a deep connection to nature, she recognizes how important it is to share it with others. Whether or not we recognize it, the outdoors affects us. Our mental health and our physical health are connected to our environment. What this relationship looks like is different for many people. Access to the outdoors is not always as straightforward as it should be. This is why people like Jan, Alexi, and Mira are so important. They help break down barriers that keep people from using the outdoors as a place to cope and reflect on the world. Part of what makes camping so unique is that you're out in the woods for an extended period of time. You're separated from your normal day-to-day -day life, and things are just done differently. All of this helps to take us out of our own heads and opens us up to finding peace in the outside. But access to nature is different for everyone, and we want to encourage all forms of getting outside. And so, while it might make for a good adventure, you don't need to go over a waterfall or on a three-week backcountry camping trip to feel good. Whether it's attending a learn-to-camp event, walking, cloud watching, or just getting your bare feet on the grass, there are a lot of ways that we can unwind our minds. Join us next time for our third episode in our bonus series, where we'll be interviewing Demisha Dennis, also known as Brown Girl Outdoor World on Instagram. In this episode, we will be talking about how Demisha is working to make the outdoors a more welcoming and inclusive space. A big thank you to Jen Lapierre, Alexi Rodriguez, and Mira Dietz-Chasson for taking the time to talk with us and share their stories. And thank you to Friends of Keji for partnering with us to make this possible. We don't make these episodes alone. Our audio editor is Adrian Boudreaux. Our senior producer is Caitlin McFadgen. Our executive producer is Aaron Shankman. And our promotions extraordinaire is Kashish Makija. Thank you everyone for your hard work. We'd also like to thank the rest of the Learn to Camp team. Brenna, Chris, Emma, and Caroline, who have been with us the whole time. And thank you, listeners, for spending some time with us. I'm Alexander Johnson. And I'm Sophie Nicholson. See you next time on Thinking Outside. <laughs>